everybody. This is BMP Weekly, where we talk about the latest in the Microsoft 365 platform and other areas uh, once a week from Microsoft and, and and then articles from the community as well. My name is my <laughs> my name is I'm a program manager in the Microsoft 365 platform side of the house, and with me as a co-host is Waldeg. <laughs> Hi everybody. My name is Waldeg Mustikas, and I am cloud developer advocate for Microsoft 365 at Microsoft. There we go. So it is 22nd of uh, November 2021, episode 144, um, and we have a good set of um, discussions, interviews uh, coming up today as well. Which who? Who who's our who is our visitor? Who is our guest? No idea. <laughs> That's secret. <laughs> Edwin. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, the, the <laughs> we, we scheduled quite a few of these now, <laughs> so I can't remember which one is who. Catherine. So Catherine, Catherine uh, is joining from the <laughs> from the Viva Connection OneDrive SharePoint platform team. And so she's my uh, teammate, a uh, relatively new person, um, and we're going to talk about her, uh, let's say, history and career path, and then moving to the Microsoft and the first impressions within a few months uh, with her. Um, she's been helping on the Viva Connection partner and uh, engagements, so getting partners involved and building stuff in Viva Connection. But um, and then of course we'll do the articles as well. But let's actually jump in right into the interview, and we'll come back for the articles after that. So welcome, Catherine, and joining us on the BMP Weekly. And this was episode 144, unless I'm completely mistaken. Doesn't still, matter. Yes, and, it's, it's still number. episode 144. <laughs> that is true. Now, Catherine, uh, we we did a quick intro before we started this interview, and uh, that you're part of the. You're actually my teammate. But can you do a quick intro? What are you? What do you do? Who are you? Where you come from? And what do you do? Well, thank you, Vesa, and thank you for having me today. Um, I'm Catherine Chorga. I'm a senior PM within the Viva Connections team. So I look after the Viva Connection extensibility developer experience. Um, I joined Microsoft about four months ago. Now it's a really exciting role, especially having joined when things were ramping up four months into the job. There's a GA, there's all these things happening. It's It's been a fast running train for me and having to jump on board and figure out what's going on amid other things, you know, just learning the culture in Microsoft and just the processes, the people, and now the product. Um, yeah. Aside from that, I I am a mom, my mom to a six-year-old that I love so much uh, and probably she's somewhere around here now that we're on Thanksgiving <laughs> break. And uh, I enjoy most of my free time. I'm either spending time with her, creating memories with her, or sharing hobbies. Like one of the newly found hobbies we've been trying to do together is skating and painting. So, <laughs> you mean um, roller skating? Now I'm curious. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like this one. But I, she's kind of grasping it. I'm not. Um, I'm having a hard time right. finding my... My balance, Kids. it's really hard for me, but I, I enjoy it. Um, I think it's yeah. part of me stretching myself out of my comfort zone. And, you know, because you're used to ha feeling so so safe with our daily routine. I say, let me stretch myself. I've never been on these things. They look really easy, but no. <laughs> um, yeah, so my daughter, I have a family, um, was born and raised in Kenya. I've spent the last X number of years of my life. I don't want to say how many years so that 
You guys yeah, don't know my, we don't need, yeah, my age. But started out my career as a software engineer. Um, I studied in Kenya for my bachelor's and master's degree at Strathmore University. I got an MBA, but my degree is in business and IT. Uh, later on, my first job was a software engineer, and I used to do you know, coding and programming, then transitioned to a business analyst, where this was my first role of now understanding the needs of the customer, to interpreting them to designers, and moved on to a project manager. And... I worked with a multinational company uh, back in East Africa office for about six years. Then about two years ago, I moved to the U.S. where I came here and found this whole new role called a product manager. And I got some interest into it. Um, so in my first uh, year in the U.S., I worked with a startup, again, fast-paced kind of environment, um, then transition to Microsoft. So that has been my journey. Like, I feel like, you know, finding PM was just a combination of all the experiences that I've had from tech to business. And I didn't even mention at some point I was a UX researcher somewhere in my career. So I kind of understand, you know, going out there, talking to customers and understanding their needs. So it kind of came in together for me, the PM role as a uh, you know, having the business acumen, the technical expertise and also the UX stuff. So it really made me, you, you know, kind of summed up everything that I wanted to do and have experimented and um, able to put into practice all these things as a PM right now. Yeah. Yeah, the PM is a quite generalist role, so to say, right? So you're doing pretty much everything and and a lot of stuff across the different areas, but depending on really on, on what needs to be done. Hey, here's a PM. PM is going to take care of it. So And and I, I'll say like as you say, PM is very generalist. And my previous PM role was more of a PM features, you know, yep. working into features. And now I'm in development. Yes. yes. And it's a whole new ball game for me, like trying to understand, okay, I'm I'm really getting feedback from these guys and I have to figure out what do I prioritize as opposed to, you know, we have this idea we are thinking about, hey, do you want to test it out? In the dev space, when you become a, you work with devs, they know what they want and they tell you, hey, we want this feature, we want this, we want, you know, your competitors have X, Y, and Z. So you have to be on top of your game and knowing what do I prioritize for them as opposed to the other way around as a feature PM. And that's that's actually a good point. And just just to kind of uh, explain for the people who are listening or watching as well. So of course there's there's different kind of PMs in Microsoft as well, and and really depends on are you a so-called feature PM uh, because there's there's certain organizations where you get to actually focus only on isolated let's say things, and then I'm, I, I'm going to fine tune this UX to be the best possible thing in the world. Um, but for example, in your role, Catherine, right uh, right now, that's not really the case is it <laughs> not quite but i'm trying to see how i can influence some of the features that we you know based on the feedback that we get from the developer ecosystem how can we influence the product itself of viva connection and bring in features that are really making an impact to the developer community so yep. it still ties in there you just be you know the role that i mean is being the voice of the developer ecosystem you are the one who's listening keeping your ears and eyes open on what they want and what they're asking for and now vouching for that 
to be in the roadmap or what you're shipping, uh, you yeah. know, the, in the next releases. Now, before we go, actually, let's go. Let's come back on that one in a second. Just out of curiosity, how's the four months? You're now four months in the in the Microsoft, and Baldic is actually one a year, right? Uh, so you're relatively yeah. new. And a month. Well. And, and a month. One a year and a month. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Not counting, but <laughs> <laughs> how's the how's the four months been? It's is it? Um, it's probably pretty, pretty overwhelming, uh, considering the COVID situation and everything else. You haven't really met anybody, right? Or have you? Virtually, yes. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I haven't met anybody face to face. And uh, so I will say, you know, I've been drowning. I'll be honest with you. It's been, I've been drowning, but I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues and I said, hey, at least now I, my eyes are out. I can see the bigger picture of things. <laughs> I'm not just breathing, normal rate. Oh, no, not a wave, not a wave coming. <laughs> <laughs> But I still have my eyes out there. I can see, you know, I understand the product, what you're trying to achieve. I have my, that's, again, right now I'm able to see the bigger picture, but the things underneath here, I'm still feel, I still feel like I'm, I'm running a hundred miles. Um, and now trying to know, oh, how is this connected to this? How is it, what should I know? And, you know, with a lot of information overload and, um, I will say I'm drowning, but, you know, kind of, systematic way of drowning not like how i was <laughs> one month in i'm yeah. kind of drowning and grasping some air so and having those bald moments of, oh no i get it and then yeah. you go back to an email that was sent week one and you're like it's making sense <laughs> and then then you like reread it and like no i don't get it <laughs> <laughs> if you still don't get it you you just pack it and you read it in the six months okay. down the line okay. you're like yeah. Okay. Now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's probably been pretty pretty hectic, and it's good to see that you're above the water line right now, so heading the yeah. <laughs> direction. Up to here, all the way yes. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but like, like explained on your role as well, um, because we are from the platform team, it is it is quite versatile role. Um, you you need to do a lot of stuff, and then, and you can easily drown in the the amount of things which you can do. So it's really really hard to kind of balance out that uh, information overload. Uh, even for somebody who's been a while in the company, it's 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 really challenging to prioritize the time for sure because it's just never enough time so it doesn't exist so that that's very true like joining and as i said i joined when everything was just you know the market was ready for viva connection and we have all these isbs we've announced out there that hey they're coming to the market and you have to figure out where they at what are they shipping are we ready are we still on track it's and having to understand what they're building like Sometimes I, 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 I say, you know, I was reading something today in the morning and it read like this. If you took on a new job and you feel like you're an imposter, welcome, you're in the growth plan package. And I was like, yep, check that. Because I, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I felt like, was I even worthy of this job? What yeah. am I? I completely do not understand what I need to do, but I know there's some aspects that I have to unlearn the things that I've learned over the, the years to make myself grow in this role. So a lot of unlearning has happened over the last four months for me to absorb new knowledge, new ways of working, new set of customers that I'm dealing with. 
So actually, that's kind of interesting. So if you don't mind actually jumping in there. So so that's around the startup mentality or what kind of unlearning is that? Uh, <laughs> sorry, put you on a spot. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So I have had to work, I've, you know, my work experience, as I mentioned, I've worked with startups, I've worked as a freelance consultant, I've worked with, uh, you know, a multinational as well. Yep. And for me, I had to unlearn a lot of things from a cultural perspective, how we work. I, I was, my whole work experience was out of Kenya. Um, yep. How we work over there, how you interact with your colleagues, um, how you expect it, you know, the culture on this side of the world is more like, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. Figure out how you're going to do it. As opposed to how my career has been, it, it, it's been more like, this is what I expect you to do. And this is the order I want you to do. One, two, three, four. And this is what I want, like very specific. So we're yeah. very dependent on manager telling me what to do. As opposed to finding a manager who tells you, uh, we need to get to this point. How? Figure it out. Yeah. Um, I had to do a, a lot of a learning on that. Um, again, in terms of the audience that I was used to, I was used to meeting the end user of the product. Sure. I am meeting my engagement right now is the builder of the product. And this whole, you know, trying to understand what are they trying to achieve to, you know, to the target end user and how they're building it. That's a different ballgame for me. Sure. Um, yeah. So right. there's a lot of unlearning that I've had to do as well as, you know, um, I was getting comfortable with the startup life, you know, shipping things, no processes. Now we have to do, I don't know, experience reviews, all these things that we have to do to get yeah. something so out Those there. experience reviews with other, <laughs> yes, yes. They might be pre pretty, um, so to, Briefly explaining, experience reviews are intended to guarantee that whatever we're shipping from an end user perspective uh, has the mm -hmm. right level of quality. The thing is, though, that internally which they're pretty good. stressful, which is good. Now, internally they're pretty stressful situation because basically everything which is visible is going to be pointed out. It's a yeah, one pixel. That's good. It's a one. Yeah, it is. It is. It good. is. But, that's good. But uh, the, it's always kind of those things where you are sitting in a meeting where you're showing your baby or, or the functionality which are responsible, yeah, yeah. And, and then they will point out, have you seen that? Have you seen that? Have you seen that? They say, yeah, because of historical reasons, yeah, but not good enough. We need to fix that. Ah, <laughs> it's an interesting process um, yeah. to deal yeah. with that and learn to deal with that constructive feedback, not in a... A negative way, way, but rather in a personal way, rather as say, oh, that's a great idea. Uh, let me take mm -hmm. that and, and put it put it in a better format. Um, it, it's just a natural thing for humans to always, hey, why are you jumping? Why are you telling me there's something wrong with my stuff? Which In, in your eyes, everything looks perfect. <laughs> exactly. I, I brought the most perfect thing. And then you're like, yes. oh, I did see that. Yes. One pixel off. One, one pixel off. Uh-oh. <laughs> and obviously, it's not just the pixels, but it's it's the experiences, the message boxes, the experience, and all of that stuff. So, and and quite often in the in these kind of products where we build on top of existing platform, there's some historical decisions which might not be quite optimal, and then it then the, the no 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 I didn't that was that was outside of my scope. Yeah, but it's part of the experience. So, so in that right like. To what degree it's a matter of doing everything right as opposed to having an answer 
to it. Like in other words, like you can see like something might be off and it's like, yes, I've saw it. And it was a deliberate decision not to fix it because X, Y, and Z. So I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Will, and and will that's, that's, that's part of the discussion as well. So basically yeah. internal experience reviews are green, yellow basically means, yeah, there's something to adjust here, uh, but it's, it's, it's okay. So, and then the red one basically means that there's always, there's tasks and then we mark them. Uh, and if there's any red ones, it basically means they cannot go forward until it has been fixed. So quite often there's quite a few yellow ones. So, so with that, I wanted to ask, have you already been through your first, Catherine? Oh yes, two of them. So. <laughs> and pa- pass, pass, fail. <laughs> no. Mm. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but I will say it was an interesting experience for me um, in those experience reviews because you get thought leaders in different spaces, tech, content, uh, UX, things that, you know, as a PM, you, you know, you're, what you're doing is trying to ship something. You understand the need, you build for something and you want to ship it, but from a technical perspective. If you didn't think about it from a content perspective, somebody who's a content writer, the verbiage is kind of off. And you get all this feedback that really helps you build even on things that you didn't even think about. So from a startup perspective, as long as PM says it's okay, it's shipped, then fine, it's shipped. Um, it goes to the market and then you start getting comments and watching you know, what people are writing on social media, um, you know, and then you start fixing on that. Um, but in this case, you know, there's a deliberate um, effort to make sure that it's been really thoroughly criticized or, you know, analyzed before it's shipped. And it's it's a whole ball game, you know, just making sure that we are shipping something that is really perfect, not just out there and we didn't think about the verbiage. And, and the audience you're targeting here is in terms of millions. I was used in, you know, used 2,000. Yeah. Um, this is million. So we have to, you know, show the Microsoft brand in it, the you know, professionalism of the people who work at, at Microsoft, which is a good thing. I the first one was a little bit weird. Uh, but now that I've done the second one, I now understand the 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 the, the vision and the goal and the purpose of all this. Exactly. And I'm exactly. I'm really enjoying it. The, the the first reaction is of of course always defensive. It's like, hey, wait a minute, why are you why are you attacking my things? No, why are you doing that? No, 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 no. This is intentional. It's intentional uh-huh. to be a bit uh, not aggressive, but a bit detailed on the on the things which are which are being frank. Said. Frank, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Now, and I now, I had to yeah. learn that. I had to learn my defense mode of being like, <laughs> no, this is perfect. Exactly. So I had to learn that to accept feedback as a critique way of my goal. Yeah. And it, and they're not really aggressive or the feedback itself is not not of course it's not targeted for the people. It's targeted on the what we're seeing on the experience mm-hmm. which is so just to be clear on well, that. But it's now, your, your thing, right? It's your thing. It so it's like you kind of identify yourself <laughs> exactly. with your work. Like spend weeks of labor to to do this. Yep. And it's done. Yeah, that's and, it, the thing. and then yeah, it isn't done. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, now, before we go actually on, on other areas, I wanted to come back on, on Catherine, on the moment when you moved uh, across the pond, uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a small pond up between. Uh, any cultural kind of a shocks, just out of curiosity, when, when people are moving from Africa and Kenya to the, uh, you, you moved to Atlanta, right? So you've been yes. on there. Any Any kind of like, 
oh, I didn't realize that it works this way. Um, yes. So there are a few things that, uh, well, I'll say I wasn't confident about myself. One, my education background. I thought I needed to go to get a certificate from one of the, you know, colleges here. I wasn't very confident, even with an MBA from Kenya. Um, I wasn't too confident. And every time, like, I will apply for a job, I was contemplating on doing something, a certificate from Georgia Tech or something that just shows I have some background from this part of the world. But the more and more I, I, you know, I went into the interviews, the more I realized it's not about the paper, it's about the experience and what you know. Um, and that brought confidence for me, you know, even as much as a, where did you get your MB from? I'm, I was very confident to say Strathmore University. Um, and I was like, yes, this is it. But this is what I know. This is what I've worked on. Um, secondly, uh, I think for me, and I, I believe you two being from a global world, you know, it, it, being not being very confident, confident about your language, English. Um, I had second guesses about, am I, am I fluent? Am I communicating with clarity? And it's, you know, I always say knowledge is one thing and the language you use to communicate that is a different thing. So I shortchanged myself thinking I wasn't knowledgeable of what I know just based on the language that I speak and how fluent I am in, in, in English. But I've come to realize and working with Microsoft and even the startup that I worked with here in Georgia is it's about, did you put your point across and did people understand? doesn't matter right. if your English is top tier, you have an accent or not, but was the point put across? So that's the second thing that I noted. So the, the other thing is, um, you know, when there was the whole movement of Black Lives Matter, I didn't feel... I couldn't understand what was going on as much as I'm dark skin. <laughs> I tried to, you know, just understand the history of the country. Um, just it's it's a whole culture. Just to understand where all this base is from, like why why are there this kind of movement? So that I might be of dark color, but I need to be aware of what's happening within the society, what's impacting my colleagues as well. I had to learn a lot about the culture because the culture we have back at home is more about colonization by the British and not this other way. We, I don't understand what, what Black Lives Matter here because back home we're all pretty much all dark colored. So I wasn't connecting to that. Um, I had to learn the culture. I had to understand the history. And I, I, the reason why I'm saying this is because it's really important for you to understand um, the history and the culture of the different people you work with, because that's the majority of people I work with. If, if there's a, you know, I need to understand what conversations are uncomfortable for them. What conversations are they okay with? I am not dealing with the same people. I know what con the conversations that are not comfortable, people are not comfortable back in Kenya, uh, but I need to immerse myself to be to have empathy with my new set of colleagues and people that I'm working with. Yeah. I think those three things were my top challenge, but again, as is mentioned, you know, expecting your manager to micromanage you and tell you what to do. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I was so used to that, like, 
tell me, I want you to do this and this and this today. And I will sit comfortably and put the notes. One, two, three. This is all I need to do. Uh, but here I have to wrangle my head. Sometimes I find myself waking up at night when I have that bulb moment and I start writing because, oh, I just figured out the how. And basically we've had conversations where I, I pause and I, I, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting it now. I'm, I'm getting it now because I'm seeing the bigger picture. Um, and I've figured out the how I'm putting together a strategy to go forward. And yep. it's really, really amazing the autonomy you're given to do. You've been given a challenge. Figure out how to do it. This is a different ballgame. Um, yep. And I love it. I enjoy it. Um, and it's something that I as well put, you know, emphasis to my friends back in Kenya is, you need to change your mindset if you want to work in a global company like this or move to this kind side of the world this is how you need to start thinking and doing things and it hasn't it has positive impact to even how you feel the value you're bringing it's it's not yeah, just checking off boxes it's more oh my god i'm making an impact i i made that i made I, that I, decision i i, I made that yes, decision yeah. and this is the impact it's having so it's it's really amazing. Yeah, that's actually yeah. a really good that's a really good point for sure. And and that's something I think it might uh, like you said it's it's certainly a cultural thing. Uh, and I, and I, I guess as an example personally, just thinking myself, I've I've always been kind of a self-driven. Uh, it's just something that I'd never kind of really thought about. I'm just uh, give me the ball, thank you, and I'll just keep on carrying that. And it's just. But I, there is, of course, there are cultural differences on how that's being done, and and of course there are company-specific differences as well, mm-hmm. um, how how that works, and where on which companies they give you the opportunity to grow to that kind of a role as well. So, because that doesn't happen everywhere. So, and that's I have true. to say on the on the language as as well, I I, I can relate on that one hundred percent because of course when I started my career in Microsoft, I, I didn't have a a uh, proper i didn't have a good way of communicating in english and 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 until at some point i just like snap don't think about it too much just let it flow and then oops, okay now it's working so <laughs> i don't care what i say anymore it just comes out and then i hope that it's nothing silly <laughs> so <laughs> you say what yeah. <laughs> or anything other than silly but <laughs> you need to trust yourself exactly exactly trust yourself you you know you know what you want to say it's just it's just a language if i have to say that thing three or four times for somebody to understand what i'm trying to communicate i'm I'm happy to do that um i'm happy to write if that's if my written english is better than my verbal i'm happy to write (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you just have to figure out how do you communicate the knowledge that you have and the expertise sure. that you have. Um, and language, English is just a language, the medium of communicating your, your knowledge. Um, yeah. And that's, I, I've come to embrace that and know, hey, uh, I might be fluent when I say it in Swahili or mixed English and Swahili because I speak three languages. Um, if I'm fluent in saying, in communicating that to my, my friends who I can mix any of those languages, I can as well communicate this. It just flows, right? I mean, at the, at the end of the day, you're talking talking to people. People might be VP or GPM or manager. Like, it's just people. It's at the end of the day, they They're read human. the same books. They, It's human beings, right? Yeah. 
that's, and that's actually that's, that's certainly a one kind of a good career tip as well is, is not to get over let's say starstruck by the people because they're actually humans as well so so the same approaching people well, as but it people. is but but it is cool but it is cool like you don't get everyday chance to talk to somebody like to whom you look up and they're like ah ah and then you're like so what is the thing like <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Now moving moving on the on the a, a a bit of a different topic. So I just want to actually catch up on the latest on this one, even though we we kind of talk almost a daily basis anyway. But you were planning to move to Seattle, right? So yes. is that still in progress, or is that still a plan? Or now you realize that it's dark and rainy there, and you're not going to move anymore? <laughs> uh, well, um, I'm <laughs> still I'm still planning to move. I know my manager will watch this, and I've already committed to it. To, to moving so yes I will be moving to to Seattle yes and I look forward to you know it's it's my my life has been a lot of changes moving from Kenya to Georgia Georgia to Seattle and I, I, I'm looking for a place where I have opportunities and I feel Microsoft you know in terms of the culture in terms of you know I've talked to a couple of friends who already work in in Microsoft and you know everybody like you, Vesa, you've been here for 15 years. There's a quite good reason why you've been here for 15 years. And, you know, it's it's that the mindset itself that, you know, the opportunities they give you, they give you to grow as well as feeling the growth and the value you're driving. That's, yeah. I feel like I found that in Microsoft, even four months in, um, I'm second guessing myself every minute, but I feel like, hey, I think that's back, not true. That's not gonna go away. <laughs> I can, I can trust me. Fifteen years in, and I'm still like, it won't. Oh, oh. <laughs> I can give you a syndrome. You have it or not? So you can't help it. So <laughs> sorry. Yeah, so having sec- having the second guessing bit of it, I'm also looking at a place where I can build a career and you know grow and have my daughter, you know find a permanent place to, to stay. We've been moving a lot. <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, having discussed this with my family, that's my husband. We feel comfortable, you know, settling in Seattle. He's also in tech. He works in tech. It's it's a more vibrant uh, state when it comes to looking for opportunities in tech. So, yes, we're still planning, still bracing ourselves for the cold, dark days. Um <laughs> I think I was told in Seattle it's just two the two seasons, the dark weather and the bright days. Don't it doesn't matter if it's fall, winter, summer, you know, it's just two. You just have to adapt to it and you know, we always say we are looking for new challenges at work. So even in life, sometimes you just have to find that and probably find the change you're looking for to grow to the next level. So I look forward to it. Yeah, and and like I said, there's certainly enough opportunities in IT in Washington uh, State because it's it's now turning to be the capital of cloud services and all of that stuff. So, and and of course, not just the, uh, there's no reason to look at opportunities outside of Microsoft, just to be clear. But there's a lot of them in in Washington State. So, well, I mean, it's yeah, we have uh, what uh, Bing, Azure, Dynamics, Xbox, yeah, exactly. L365. It's just yeah. Massive amount of different opportunities <laughs> Microsoft as well, so for sure. So whenever we get actually back in, especially we, so of course moving to Seattle helps, and and Redmond uh, office uh, helps on the communication uh, because mm-hmm. doing that remotely, 
does work as we've proven now with the two years into this situation where we are. But of course, it's different when you meet people in the corridor and in the cafeteria and, and having that discussion. And there is that there is a difference for sure in that. So. Yeah. And now while that feels bad, you no, know, just kidding. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that just one of the. I mean, people are welcome. Like everybody is is welcome in my corridors and office. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Door is <laughs> open. <laughs> oh yeah, coffee. You know, fresh coffee every day, every time. Enough yeah. for everybody. I have a chair. <laughs> you can talk. But, yeah. Now, as uh, I just want to make uh, be conscious about the timing as well. Now, moving on to again another area, just out of uh, uh, out of curiosity, we're putting all of the the women in IT on spot on this question, uh, which is, would you have any tips for other women in IT or people who are looking into moving to IT career? Um, because you've gone pretty far on this this matter already, and hopefully yeah. this is just a start. Oh yes, every every step I take is a start to the next one. Um, so I, I like the fact that you put me on the spotlight, and I love when you know you get to you know any other forum, not just this, where women are asked, "What can you share to the other women?" And I'm passionate about empowering women to venture into tech, IT as a as a form of career because it's it's considered as a you know a men's men's world or what what is out there for as a career, to build a career out of. So just to give you a little bit of background before I share some tips is back in Kenya, I I, I had an organization I had started out with a couple of my friends. Um, It was called Divas for Tech, launched in 2011. It was started out from a group of girls who we got a full-time scholarship to do our master's in telecommunications, fully sponsored. But ended up, it was a sponsorship for 30 students, but ended up having six women. And the rest were guys. And we started asking, you know, the administration, why why is there just six women? Why isn't it 15-15, you know, equality? And they said, out of, the application, yeah, out of the applications that were sent in, if you believe it or not, there were about just 10 from women. There were about 300 from men. So you can just see the difference in terms of the gender gap. And we just decided, hey, we have to step up, step up and do something. So there are different organizations that we've worked with that do empowerment for for women. And there's one that I applied for doing a lot of work around women in the urban areas um, for, you know, promoting women in, in tech. But we thought, what about the women who are in the rural areas who who whose perception of a career is being a teacher, a doctor, a nurse, and that's all, or you know, a, a police officer, and that's it. Like computer is just a thing that is in the computer lab, but don't see a career out of it. And we started having like outreach sessions for that, just going out there and talking to these girls, and you can see the inter- just the keen interest of just you mean this little thing, I can have a career out of it, and you know, just converting one person. And just gaining that interest, just the knowledge out that, hey, when you pick your university courses, yes, there's something else that you can do as computer science or IT or there's something else you can pick. Um, and we went on ahead to 
I had to abandon that because of, you know, some job assignment. I had to be sent out of the country because of job assignment. But I am always grateful. I always reference to this because it was a, such an eye-opening opportunity for me. And I have yeah. always mentored and uh, I've been involved in a lot of mentoring opportunities like the Standard Charter Women in, in, in Technology, where women who have startups are looking for people who can give them advice on product or tech or investment. And I give my time and opportunity for that. That the Divas for Tech kind of out, you know, it it didn't get to that level. But as a person, I am always, always looking for opportunities to mentor around, you know, women around tech. So the key things that I will say is, you know, put yourself out there. You know, IT women in being a woman in IT doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a degree in computer science or technology. Uh, you could have a degree in marketing, but you're really, really good at marketing and you can come into tech as a product marketing manager. You're working in marketing, but in a, in a, in a technology firm and you get to learn all these things. Yep. You can be a HR resource, but recruiting tech resources. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a degree right. in engineering. Uh, but you are in the IT and you're ahead. And, you know, IT is not going to anywhere or tech isn't going anywhere. It's going, growing bigger and bigger and bigger. There's AI, there's cloud, there's all these things coming in. And there's always a way you can plug yourself in. So don't be afraid to step out just because you don't have the traditional degree to get in, in, in IT. Secondly, technology is always evolving. You can learn. Today, my daughter is learning JavaScript. I am learning with her. <laughs> to understand this JavaScript. Back then, I learned PHP and Java. And, you know, it's always evolving. You plug yourself, just understand where the market is heading, where is the trend. You, it's, it's just a matter of committing yourself to learn. There is nothing hard. The more you learn, the more you expose yourself, the more you get opportunities and give yourself the cutting edge, as long as you're ahead of the game. And I, I think that's a, a, a pro and a con of being in tech because you always have to learn as opposed yep. to medicine, things really don't change. Uh, but in tech, one minute you're, you're coding in c uh, you and then the next minute it's not even, nobody wants to code in c They're not looking for anybody in c but going forward, they're looking for somebody, hey, do you know React, you know, React Native or JavaScript or this? So it's, it, you can always plug yourself in at any point. Uh, the third thing is reach out uh, in communities where women are sharing stories, find a mentor, somebody who can help you avoid the, the pitfalls that Tito went through. Um, I have had really good mentors in my career who've helped me, you know, through the journey and just talking to them. And they have somebody who, if they can't solve it for you, they have somebody who can help you do something. Um, and that has really helped help me uh, in my career. And the third thing is building your own you know, believing in yourself and having that confidence, you can do it. Um, as I'm speaking now, I am very confident. I know what Viva Connection, yet I know what Viva, I don't know all about Viva Connections, but when I get in front of my devs, my customers, my partners, I have to bring in the A game so that they can believe and have the confidence that I have in myself in delivering or, you know, being of value to them. So those are my four takeaways. And anyone, if we have anyone who's watching this and wants me to be as a mentor to them, I am always open. My, you know, can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm, I'm easy, just chat me up. I am very 
open to me. I believe in mentoring. I'm a big fan of mentoring and I mentor other and I, I, I'm mentored by others. So it's always a pass, pass on. Somebody is handing over to me and I'm handing over back to them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now I have to there's something on those four tips, what you said, which is actually really, really crucial for people to understand is that, like you said, IT is not just about engineering and just about coding. There's a mm-hmm. lot of, lot of opportunities to come from a, a bit different direction and then be first, for example, product marketing manager, like you said, and then mm-hmm. from there being like, oh, that's, that's actually really interesting. Let me, let me transform to be there. Yeah. And that way it's, it's not necessarily the background. Even though studying is important and university degrees are being valued, but it's not necessarily always the thing which is the number one thing you either yeah. have it or not. No, that mm-hmm. doesn't that doesn't define you for the rest of the life. So certainly not. So yeah, good. That was that was really really good. Now, uh, from a timing perspective, I guess we we have to climb flies. There's so much yeah. <laughs> so much to talk about. <laughs> Because these are always so interesting to actually talk about with people uh, on these things. But uh, we want to keep the, the show in a one-hour booking. Uh, typically, and we have the articles and all of that coming. So uh, We'll not make it. Yeah, I know. We didn't make it this time either. So that, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> this happens a lot. <laughs> 75 minutes, two hours. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. No, well, can do well, well. Okay, you do right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, uh, any any last words? Any anything interesting? What you're doing, uh, Catherine, right now? Of course, the Viva Connection uh, is a big thing. We want all of the partners to build stuff for the Viva Connection. Uh, anything mm-hmm. what's on your table? Like oh, this is the one thing which I'm now focused on, and this everybody should be doing this. This is cool. Uh, what's on my table right now is just getting uh, developer experience to the next level. Like what they're building, making sure they have. They have all the resources they need to be able to build a game Viva Connection adaptive cards, um, as well as the resources, you know, the end-to-end experience from learning what are the basics to being an expert and publishing it to their customers and even for their customers to, to discover, you know, how do we find all this? So that's what I'm spending most of my time, you know, figuring out how do I make it a great partner experience. We just launched GA the product, we still have a long way to go. That's and big. as yes. We, uh, yes, so for the developers out there, please reach out to me if you have cool ideas. You know, what? How can we improve feedback? Just reach out to me. I'm I'm always eager and you know eager to learn from you and the ecosystem on how can we improve improve the Viva Connection extensibility to 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 everybody in the ecosystem. Cool. That, that was cool. really very good. That's really, very good. Cool. I think that sums up uh, our interview. Uh, so thank you, Catherine, for joining us. This was really, really cool um, and, and a great discussion. Thank you so uh, much. Thank you. And understanding your, your career and development and the next steps. And that's, that's always really, really interesting, even though I know knew some of these things already. But <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> oh, this is not only just the interview for me. No, just kidding. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, to be fair, I have to say, even on a record, one of the great things about having this kind of a show uh, is to meet up, meet people and have an open discussion of uh, 30 minutes here and there uh, with, with the people we work with. So it's it actually always gives more yeah. perspective. And then yeah. as we meet people then online or in person, then um, if people have watched a show like this, they will know 
about where to start the discussion. And that's one of the, the key objectives of these things as well. But anyway, thank you, Catherine. Thank you for this one. This one was really good. And uh, for the viewers and listeners of the of the show, uh, right now we're closing the, the interview circle and then we jump on the covering a few of the latest articles this week. Um, and then we close up after that. But thank you, Catherine, for joining. Um, we kind of stopped recording in, in a second. Thank you. All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Cool. Thank you, Catherine, for the great interview. Uh, so really, really good stuff. And, and nice to hear the first uh, first impressions of moving into the Microsoft as well. And there's, there's a lot of things happening um, on her actually life at this moment, moving across the continents and then moving to Seattle and from Atlanta, which is always interesting because there's a pretty big temp temperature difference as well. And uh, the level of light uh, is a pretty significant significant uh, I was like like moving across continent from Atlanta to Seattle how is that a weight no, 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 within the continent from one yeah, to another I was like anyway so indeed this is really good so let's actually jump into the articles um, and go them through a lot of actually new articles from Microsoft this week on the developer side of the house so let's actually start from there First of all, uh, Vincent had a, a blog post related on Microsoft Graph Go SDK. Um, can you talk about what is Go? Go. So what Go is a programming language, basically like C Sharp, JavaScript, Ruby, whatever. Right. So it's a programming language used a lot. And now we offer an SDK for it to help developers who build on Go or in Go uh, to connect their application to Microsoft 365 through the Microsoft Graph. And it's actually pretty sweet uh, looking. So I'm, I'm not super familiar with Go development, uh, but it doesn't actually look too bad. So uh, it's kind of an interesting way of doing things uh, for sure. So it doesn't look too bad. Maybe there's no time for learning Go. Anyway. Maybe you could try to learn Go, yeah. Yeah, who knows? Uh, now, the, the next uh, news uh, was uh, actually really interesting. We, we need to talk about this one a bit to, to get some clarity on it. So announcing Teams JavaScript SDK version 2 in public preview, extend Teams across uh, Microsoft 365. Um, do you want to do a quick intro on what does it actually mean in practice? Yeah, sure. So the idea is that up until now, we used to build apps for Teams. And these apps were visible only in Teams because there were applications for Teams, things like uh, Teams tabs, messaging extensions, and so forth and so on. And now with, with this update, we offer you the ability to expose your Teams apps in Outlook, at least, and then in Office.com, right? So yep. the same app that you have already built, if you update to this new SDK and, and new manifest, you will be able to expose this the basically the, the same app across multiple locations that people use in their work. Yeah. So rather than having a specific extensibility and manifest model for Office client and Office and, and SharePoint and Teams and all of that stuff, we're looking into having a one. Uh, and that's now uh, based on the Teams JavaScript SDK. Uh, this is a preview, just to be super clear. Uh, the, this is basically, well, it's it's kind of a, maybe even a misleading to say that it's Teams JavaScript SDK, because actually it's the packaging model, which is the key here. And so we're taking advantage of a, a bit different packaging model. Two things, right? Because the SDK sure. is also there, because the, the SDK gives you some additional ability to know about the context. Right, sure. so you sure. will be able to tell whether you are inside Teams or Outlook Correct. or Absolutely. elsewhere. 
right? Absolutely. So that but is this extra edit. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And and just to get uh, also clarity, because we got this question last week as well. What about Java, uh, uh, SharePoint framework and and that direction? And isn't is this going to replace that? No, 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 <laughs> not at all. So, uh, SharePoint framework is basically auto-hosted applications in Microsoft 365, uh, and you can take advantage of this model with SharePoint framework as well. So, as we move along within this journey, now right now it's it's pretty early. So this is preview, and uh, there was an announcement in Ignite. Uh, we demonstrated some of this in Ignite as well. There's actually a really cool sample in the. Teams Toolkit V2, uh, which is also in preview, uh, to, to demonstrate this. So you can actually spin up a solution which has all of these settings, which is pretty cool. So that's the easiest way to actually understand how things are uh, getting created. Now, we're having discussions with, uh, with the team that they would actually join us on a community call and do a few live demos and explanations on what it actually means in practice. But we'll get back on that one a bit later. Good. And then we uh, submitted, submitted. We published an article uh, related on the guidance uh, on implementing partner offerings for Viva Connection with DACES and custom APIs. And this really is focusing, technically, it's not just the partner offerings, but the, the idea here is that you have a multi-tenant uh, API, multi-tenant Azure AD application as an API, where uh, which you wanna then hit from the ACES or the web parts or so on, but in this case, explicitly from the Viva Connection ACE. Uh, so how do you actually implement them? How do you register them? How do you use them uh, is basically the story. And there's a, a reference solution from it. And, and uh, Paolo uh, did a four different videos related on uh, this particular scenario. So really cool stuff as well. So should help on the partners and onboarding of Viva Connection. That's really the objective in here. Um, and maybe it's just to mention, so the reference solution is at the level where you can just download the SPPK file, put it in your tenant, and then um, demonstrate that. So there is a auto-hosted API and all of that available, which is kind of imaginary uh, uh, auto data. So it makes it really easy to demonstrate, uh, again, the art of possible uh, the Microsoft 365 platform. Now, uh, other articles, uh, Dan Wallin had a developing uh, real-time collaborative apps with Azure, Microsoft 365, Power Platform, and GitHub. And this one was a online event uh, a few weeks back, wasn't it? Um, Correct. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, but there's mm -hmm. a, basically a multiple videos getting released from there uh, where um, the different capabilities and options are being then demonstrated and, and, and shown uh, in the videos. So really cool stuff as well. So good to have that reference point uh, available. Then there was a relatively new video from uh, Rabia Williams, a Microsoft Teams development, all you need to know. So basically getting started, what does it mean, what's possible, um, and, there, and she's joined with Bob German to talk about those things in a relatively short video, one hour. <laughs> one hour video. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is so relative, right? Relatively. Well, yeah, but I mean, it only shows the how many different things we ha we have to offer and how many things sure. you can build on Teams, right? So, sure. so it is it is a good overview. Like you can just sit and watch, and then you will know you have a proper idea of what's available. Yep, absolutely, absolutely, really cool stuff for sure, uh, and. Uh, a lot of information related on the options and extensibility points and how to get started on doing them. So really, really cool stuff for sure. Now, uh, this one uh, is from Matt Wolodorski uh, around the, the journey of Viva Topics and option success and introduction kind of on that one. Uh, as part of this, uh, they, they released also a Viva Topics scenario catalog, uh, which is basically calling out and demonstrating different uh, scenario options related on Microsoft Viva Topics. So really explaining what would it actually 
could be in your company and what are the scenarios and business objectives uh, around those things. So really cool stuff as well. So good, good, good reference uh, storyline uh, for helping on understanding the power of Viva topics. Now, uh, we also released last week among the most used SharePoint framework solutions from the store. So this is a new series which we're starting uh, in the SharePoint blog uh, related on the, the most used SharePoint framework solution. This is the top 10 list from last month and also a quick update on the on the latest roadmap items as well. So not too many details on the roadmap items, but really key point here is to talk about the different partners who are building solutions uh, for using the SharePoint framework. So really cool stuff as well. Now, um, this one is from Cathy Du, uh, related on the new Microsoft Feedback Portal. I think Teams actually released uh, that they're here already a few weeks back, and now uh, SharePoint right. and OneDrive is basically releasing the same thing. So we're basically moving the from the user voice to the Microsoft Feedback Portal. Um, it's a similar kind of capability. You can vote on things um, and then filter out, submit ideas and all of that stuff. So really cool stuff as well. Now, uh, Michael Mendes had a really, really cool uh, uh, blog post related on um, the set value list formatting option. So basically, um, you can update list item items uh, using oh. a list formatting. And that's actually really cool. So it's not really JavaScript, but you can still do updates on a specific item and then reflect the changes uh, for the list item as well. Ah, that is pretty cool. That's really, really cool, for sure. Uh, and there's multiple scenarios. Tetrion uh, already published a few additional GitHub samples on this, and there's a lot of, lot of cool stuff available on this, but really, really cool, um, for nice. sure. So without code, just JSON definition, which isn't code, right? Well. That's not code. That's, that's not code. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, soup, yes. <laughs> Now, uh, Eli uh, uh, had a, a really nice blog post, just a reference blog post related on uploading files to SharePoint with JavaScript using Microsoft Craft and Microsoft Authentication Library, so how to get started and what are the things, how, how they work. And really nice blog post on, on explaining the different things and steps to get started as well. So really, really good stuff on there. Now, uh, this is from Emily Mancini using collapsible sections within the user experience in mind and, and kind of talk about the different options or the considerations as we are using collapsible sections, if you are using collapsible sections. So this is something which is available in the modern SharePoint pages. Unfortunately, if I remember correctly, yeah, there, was, there wasn't actually a screenshot or a screenshot of the capability um, in the blog post, but basically, uh, considerations related on uh, using them, for example, unable to print all content uh, and all of that. So there's a downside of using those uh, collapsible sections for sure. Vartman had a, he's been really plucking a lot on the Teams platform side and authentication side recently. It's an interactive authenticate, interactively authenticate Microsoft and SDK Azure Identity Library. Can't talk. <laughs> Sorry. Interactively authenticate Microsoft.net SDK with <laughs> Azure Identity Library. Much better. Like Thank you, Wally. But basically, walking through how that uh, scenario can be then done uh, and, and in C Sharp uh, in this case. So, really using those libraries and how does it actually work to having that interactive uh, uh, sign in process and the consenting uh, as well. So, really good stuff as well. So, 
great, great, great reference blog post. Now, this one's really interesting, update SharePoint user profiles based on Azure group membership. So this one is from Octavi. Um, so it's relatively complex scenario, but basically if you wanna expose specific additional attributes of the people which are stored in the Azure AD, in the SharePoint user profile or in the search. So people search. Uh, and this blog post really walks through all of the different settings and configurations uh, which needs to be done there. So really cool stuff as well. So thank you for the reference of that. Um, there was also a blog post from Liam Cleary. Mm -hmm. So uh, really important. So how to do app registration and how to use that when you are then using the Microsoft Craft PowerShell. So super, super important scenario, uh, especially if you're automating something, for example, in Azure Functions or something like that, you would be using this scenario. It's not always yep. interactive login. Uh, then Peter Winstrand had an interesting blog post related on creating recursive flows in Power Automate. So how do you call yourself? And that's actually really cool. Um, infinite recursive flows. Right? So you need to remember yes. the, to, to back up as well. So. To stop at some point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so back in the time when we were still doing on-premises SharePoint, there was an easy way of actually overrunning the memory with uh, infinite loops. Uh, so that was a yeah. I still remember breaking so many servers. Basically, what's causing the problem? And memory goes and then right Oh, so that is why you actually don't code anymore. Yes, exactly. So, exactly. So, so many hits, uh, so many mistakes uh, when I was a, a bit younger. Um, we all do mistakes, so it's okay. So, now, uh, Chris O'Brien is going to join us on the European Collaboration Summit 2021, uh, and he has a session around Infuse AI, artificial intelligence, into a power platform solution. So, really cool stuff um, coming there, and, and this kind of intro blog post related on what's coming next week, because ECS is happening next week really cool as well. And then two more. Uh, so Paolo had a new YouTube video, creating forms with adaptive card extensions with SPFX. And this is actually quite the important one. So it's it's basically showcasing the fact that the cards are not only for showing information and clicking a button and redirecting to an application, you can actually collect the information as well. So um, really kind of have that fast way of collecting whatever the information is, uh, what is needed. So really cool stuff as well. And then recording 365, and uh, Daniel had a, a quite nice actually blog post because I was like, wow, I haven't heard about this one. I should have known that it's available, uh, but apparently <laughs> there is, the, the Microsoft List desktop app is already out. So that's good to know. And it is a reactive, so it's a it's basically progressive web app, which is then running as a desktop application. So it looks like the web client, feels like a web client, but it's actually a desktop application. That's really cool stuff as well. So he walks through the installation process and how to get it and, and considerations of that. But that's all what we're going to do from article sites. Anything interesting about the computer site this week? Always, always so many interesting things. Yes. Uh, where do I start, right? So we started last week working on a few interesting things for CLI for Microsoft 365 where we're thinking, how can we help developers who build apps, who connect existing apps, right? So we imagine you have an app, you have built in your app in Go or ASP.NET or JavaScript React or whatever, and you want to bring that existing app to Microsoft 365. So you don't want to start file new project, create a whole app, but you have something and you bring it in. What is yep. the first thing you need to do? Auth, 
right? And then once you you have it, you might need to change permissions uh, as you evolve the app and get more data in. So we kind of try to think like, how can we improve this experience? Like what are the different yeah. things that we could offer around managing auth, keeping track of it, um, letting you work more efficiently with AAD apps and everything else that is involved with your app so we're running we'll we will be running a few experiments in coming weeks uh you will start first one already in so we have the ability when you create a new aad app with cli for microsoft 365 we allow you to save info about this app in a local file in a current directory named dot m365rc.json right and in there we keep track of the ID of the app and the name. So, so, so that afterwards you can tell which app is which. Uh, you can have a bigger app like uh, one that has API, web app, and a bot, and they use different ADFs, right? So you can yep. track all of them. Once you have them, we want to allow you to do things with them. Uh, easily adjust, redirect URIs, permissions, other things like that, right? So that first part, saving that info about the app is already available in the preview version of CLI available today as we're recording that. And we'll be adding more commands in coming uh, weeks, right? So stay tuned to updates. And if you work on M365 connected apps, definitely pay attention to the updates because I think they will give you the ability to work more efficiently and not spend so much time clicking around, finding the right apps and managing stuff that we think we can sim simplify. And I think that there's a lot to be done over there for for sure, uh, related on tooling and simplification and making the the, the onboarding uh, easier across uh, the Microsoft 365 for sure. So, in, in, well, what what about about you? Uh, well, it's it's the Thanksgiving week, which is great um, because that means that there isn't that many meetings uh, on evenings, which which is actually great. So there's time to get stuff done, which is good as well. So getting prepared for ECS, which is next week, uh, then we need to get the monthly summaries out again, and the SharePoint Framework 1.13.1 is coming this week, and 1.14 beta is coming this week, most likely. So there's there's a lot of stuff actually that's happening. Busy days. Yeah, Busy it's days. not like it's gonna slow down yet so hopefully it's going <laughs> to eventually slow down. right yeah eventually at some point maybe who knows but yeah you know there's always something to be done it's not like there's just so many things and when something slows down then there's like hey now i have time to do this which has been delayed for months so yeah it is what it is so that's the problem of of maybe being too connected on things and too interested on doing stuff right so there's always something to be done so, <laughs> which is fun right because in in our words, like it always, you always have something to do. And the cool thing is that you can improve things, offer new things, run new experiments, yes. learn new yes. things. So with that, like that is yes, it's kind of it's it's never done. But on the other hand, like it's an illusion to be done because then imagine you're done. You wake up and you're like, yeah, actually, well, that's I true. have nothing yes. to do. That, like, that's nah, don't be, don't be yeah, exactly, exactly. That yeah. that's that's the one thing also. But you just spent two minutes, two seconds on this one. So that's the interesting piece when you have uh, experience enough and you're in a certain uh, level in the roles. Nobody's going to tell you anymore what you're going to do. So it's basically you are the one who's defining. What needs to be done? So it's and there's no exactly. option of basically, yeah. But nobody told me that I need to do that. No, no, no that's not an option. It's yeah. just, it's nobody's. That's not my job. It's not a a no longer a thing because everything is. Oh urgent. yeah, and also and also so um unlike uh in projects 
a product is never done. You can always yeah. do one more that's thing. True. You can always improve things. Like there's always things to be done. So we're never done. And with that, like yeah. there's always things to be done. There's always things to think about and think about other other ways and options, right? So with that, yeah. like that is, I, um, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true as well. Yeah, and it's, anyway, it's, so, it's, it's, so, it's there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But thank you everybody for watching this days and watching or listening. And this time we'll be back within. And, and thank you, Catherine, for joining us on the on the interview today. And we'll be back with another PMP Weekly within a week. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>